When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we welcome you back to our studios from the seaport. We're brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. My man Graziano's off to Indianapolis today. Combine getting in full swing. Mm -hmm. We've got a big squad put together for you this morning because we are jam-packed. We'll get to some of the football in a minute, but first, did you see the finish last night? Oh, it was Madison Square Madness. Knicks and Pistons, and this was crazy. We're in the final minute. The Pistons, who've only won eight games all year long, are down by one, and here comes Quentin Grimes, and it's up, and it's good. And the Pistons take a one-point lead, so the Knicks get the ball back. The time is running down. Our man Mike Breen is at the mic, and watch what happened. Brunson, three-pointer, off the mark, rebound deflected, chased down, saved by Grimes to Fontecchio. Knocked away, Hartenstein picks it up, out to DiVincenzo. Ten seconds to go, he throws it away. Ball loose, picked up by Brunson. Brunson inside the heart, Hartz banks it in, out of foul. Knicks take the lead. Monty Williams is furious. He thought a foul should have been called, there was so much contact. I mean, what can only be described as a rugby tackle by Dante DiVincenzo goes uncalled. One of at least two fouls, maybe three, the Knicks committed in that sequence. Instead, the only foul that's called is on the Pistons, and the Knicks wind up a winner, and Monty Williams wound up mad. Where's the New York media now? The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've, we've done it the right way. <clears throat> we've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game, <clears throat> and the guy dove into Asar's legs, and there was a no call. That, that's an abomination. You cannot miss that in an NBA game, period. And I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of our guys asking me, what more can we do, coach? That situation is exhibit A to what we've been dealing with all season long, and enough's enough. You cannot dive into a guy's legs in a big-time game like that and there be a no-call. It's ridiculous, and we're tired of it. We just want a fair game called, period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game, and that was not fair. I'm done. So that's what he said, and everyone acknowledged he was right, including the official who missed the call. The crew chief is James Williams. He's the one that you see standing about one foot away from the call and doesn't blow the whistle. And then he said after the game, upon post-game review, we determined that Thompson gets to the ball first and then was deprived of the opportunity to gain possession. Therefore, a loose ball foul should have been whistled on New York's Dante DiVincenzo. We've been on it all morning long. We'll have Brian Windhorst with his perspective on it coming up in a little while. In the meantime, the other huge story today coming also from New York City, this from the world of football. 
Adam Schefter reporting yesterday. The Giants will engage with free agent running back Saquon Barkley, exploring a deal with him, but they are unlikely to tag him for $12.1 million. This, of course, coming a year after they went through all of it with the tag on him and the contract with Daniel Jones and everything else. I want to bring in Jordan Renan, who covers the Giants for us so well. He's in Indy, getting set to cover all the action at the Combine. But if someone were to listen to this and say, this suggests, Jordan, that Saquon Barkley has played his last game as a Giant, what would you tell them? Yeah, that's not an unfair thought. I think that once you do hit the open market, this is the light at the end of the tunnel for Saquon Barkley. Because think about it for a second. When they couldn't come to terms on a long-term deal last year, right, he played on the franchise tag this past season. Since that point, his goal has been, okay, how do I get to free agency? Let the market dictate my value. Now, once he hits the free agent market, you know, the market will dictate his value, and that leaves open the possibility that Saquon Barkley is playing elsewhere in 2024. Now, of course, what does the running back market look like? That's why nothing is off the table in this situation, because we saw last year the running back market cratered. There is a lot of veterans out there. What does it even look like this year? Can Saquon Barkley even get near what he wants? We're not sure. Yeah, and, and so we have that side of it with the Giants. And then the other, and we played this back from you a little bit earlier today, Jordan, that I was interested in, which is um, the idea that the Giants might be looking to address their quarterback situation this offseason, sitting at number six at the draft as we speak. What can you tell us? Yeah, I had multiple sources tell me that the Giants will, if the situation plays out correctly, will at least seriously look at the possibility of the quarterback position. Now, for context to this, Greeny, I think you have to go back to last year. Remember, they gave Daniel Jones the money, the $42 million a year over two years. That was the thing. The Giants gave him the money. In return, they got financial flexibility with that contract that they could get out of it after two years if things went wrong. And guess what, Greeny? Things went very, very wrong this past mm-hmm. season. He got injured twice, two fairly serious injuries. They were 2-8. and eight. Their season was a total disaster. They have the number six overall pick. Everything set up. This was the contingency they put in place with Daniel Jones if things went wrong. Now you have a quarterback who has three fairly serious injuries in three years. Now it's set up for them. They have the sixth pick, right, and two second-round picks. They got a second-round pick from the Leonard Williams trade. They could A- stick at pick number six, they can B, move up if the opportunity presents itself, or remember, this is a really strong quarterback draft, potentially moving into the back end of the first round, I think is also a possibility this year. Remember, uh, that same draft that the Bills got Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson was drafted 32nd in that draft. That's exactly right. And, and, and someone like Michael Penix Jr. from Washington is a player who might be available in that spot. Is there any way of gauging? I understand we're very early in this process, Jordan, which of the quarterbacks they might identify. And like I, I keep pointing at Drake May and thinking, I saw what Brian Dayball did once upon a time with Josh Allen. Feels like there were some similarities there. Are, are, is there any? He clearly is someone who we would assume would be long gone by six. Is there any way of, of getting a, a guess at this early stage which quarterback they would like? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they're really in play for the one or two pick, at least right now. It doesn't seem like those are even possibilities. So maybe Drake May is a guy I could see them being interested in. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, another one. 
you know, I, I think you hear a lot of good things about him, maybe getting drafted higher than a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. Now, when you talk about the quarterback situation, I've talked to plenty of people in the organization over the years, even recently. This organization believes that it is important that not every quarterback is built for New York. So this process, that's why I can't really definitively give you a name right now. We have mm-hmm. the combine. We have visits. We have the pro days. That's where they get to sit down with these candidates. The Giants really feel it takes a certain kind of quarterback in regards to characteristics, uh, um, ability to handle pressure, and that not everybody is built for the New York market in that regard. So the process here is going to be very important. I think that's a good and important point, Jordan. Well done. Thank you very much. We'll see you in India as the week goes on. Let me bring the rest of the group in here. And, and Graziano, just sort of fill in any blanks that we may have there on this. The, the Giants, I think J.J. McCarthy going six. At, at this moment, I would suggest that sounds high. Again, I'm the host of yeah. the drafts. I've done nothing but study these, uh, these, these mock drafts. Now, that said, we're two months away. Right. So much is going to change after the combine and pro days. We may get to a point where a quarterback at six seems very reasonable. I think Jordan made an interesting point there, which is that J.J. McCarthy, in talking to NFL evaluators, may go earlier in the draft than a lot of people on the outside think. That, that People are very high on him. Now, there are still questions because Michigan's team, this national championship team they just had, you know, didn't didn't necessarily ask a ton of him, right? Like, he did everything they asked, but they ran the ball, they played defense. So I think there are questions that people still want to get answered about him. There are questions about his size that people want to get answered as well. So it's a big week uh, for J.J. McCarthy. But to the last point Jordan was making about the Giants wanting guys that have played in pressure situations because New York often presents that, this is a guy that just played in the playoff and won the national championship. So I, I wouldn't necessarily rule it out. I'm intrigued by what they do. The idea of trading back, right, and taking somebody at the back end, because you still do have Daniel Jones. Like right. He is under contract for two more years after 2024 if he plays well. Uh, and all those highlights we showed of him, he had a lot of grass stains on his uniform. Yeah. So they could probably use the extra picks uh, to build around whoever the quarterback is. By the way, very quick, sneaky, greeny trivia. When J.J. McCarthy goes in the first round, do you know who the last Michigan quarterback to go in round one was? Mm, was it Harbaugh? The answer is Jim Harbaugh. His oh, coach look at that. is the last Michigan quarterback who went Got in the first old. round. Hasselbeck, jump in here with me on this quarterback situation. Should the Giants, with Daniel Jones, should they be looking to make some kind of move to address their quarterback situation this offseason? Yes, mainly because of the injury history, Greeny. And I want to pick up on something that Jordan Renan said there in terms of being able to handle New York. I, I think that when you look at the quarterbacks that they've drafted so we're, you know in recent memory so whether in the first round so whether it's well I guess you know how they acquired Eli Manning and then you look at Daniel Jones I don't think there's any question that there is a profile in terms of a, a personality that they feel is important to succeed in New York you cannot ride the roller coaster and be the starting quarterback of the New York Giants. You just can't be. There's so much attention on you. And so I do think that there's like a poise element to that. And I think there are certain quarterbacks in this class that will check that box. I think that's a very important point from Jordan Renan about the type of personality that the team is generally looking for for out of that position as the starting quarterback and face of the franchise. Well, you were there, right? I mean, you backed up Eli for a period of time in New York, so you saw it. Can you give us a sense of what what that is like? Yeah, so... 
Yeah, hey, well, I'll tell you exactly what it's like. You never knew if he won the lottery or if his dog died. Like, that's what, that's <laughs> what is one of the things that made Eli Manning kind yep. of special. Sometimes it was frustrating to people to say, hey, where's that fire that his brother has always screaming and yelling at people about running the wrong route and doing that type of thing? There was a poise that he had that I think was very important when you had all of the attention because it doesn't always go well. Like, people have to remember for Eli – those first two years, people were calling him a bust. Like that was the discussion in New York is that he was a bust, but he was able to kind of weather the storm. And I think that it was his, the kind of his mental toughness and then his poise through that, that allowed that to happen. Fascinating stuff. Harry, how about it all? You, you cover the college game for us. You've seen all these guys, the evaluation process sort of still beginning. What's your take? Yeah, I feel like New York, the Giants, they have to move up to get a quarterback. They have to get a quarterback within this draft because I just don't think if you're Brian Dable, also Joe Shane, you want to hit your wagon to a Daniel Jones that's consistently hurt. Also, Greeny, if I'm buying a ticket to go watch the Giants play offensively and I want to see what they're made of, most likely they're not going to sign Saquon Barkley. Who am I going to see? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't I, as a fan, who am I excited about seeing on the New York Giants offense? I think a quarterback and that guy moving on to be your franchise guy moving forward would be able to provide some some of that for fans because right now I just don't see it happening. And I also know all about the New York media in the New York market because my brother Tony Douglas was drafted to the Knicks in 2009 in the first round. So I got to be around him and see everything that New York is about. And I'll tell you this, it's not for the weak mind. <laughs> we'll see what the Giants are able and willing to do. As we continue in a moment, we have much more to do, including a guy who bared witness, if you will apologize, if you will accept the uh, expression, a guy who bared witness to Justin Fields in Chicago with a surprising draft take for his team. You'll hear it. Plus, Jerry Jones has a $60 million headache. Can we provide the medicine? We'll do our best. It's Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. 
So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. All right, Graziano, you are headed out to the Combine. That's a great picture, by the way, right there. You could use some updating. You're heading to the Combine in Indianapolis today. What are some of the storylines people should be focused on? I was looking at some of this Kirk Cousins stuff. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, what's going to happen? If he doesn't re-sign with Minnesota by the start of the league year on March 13th, they'll carry a $28.5 million dead money cap charge for him this year. So they want to get that figured out, uh, see if they can bring him back. If not, maybe they have to address the position in the draft. And then Kirk Cousins becomes a very interesting free agent quarterback uh, for other teams to look at. So he is a hot topic. Can you explain why he's on a tennis court? I cannot. I mean, I mean it's Minnesota, probably. He's, it's cold out. He needed somewhere indoors to throw. Tennis court. Fair Good enough. Is any. Russell Wilson, I don't know where he is uh, right now, but uh, <laughs> we also don't know where he's going to be in 2024. At some point in the next 19 days, the Broncos are almost certain to release Russell Wilson from his contract. He'll make $39 million guaranteed from them no matter what this year. Once that release happens, could be this week while we're in Indy. Uh, we'll see what he wants to do and what the market looks like for him. I think that's one of the big mysteries hanging over this offseason. But none bigger than what's going on in Chicago, where the Bears have the number one pick and also quarterback Justin Fields. GM Ryan Poles will be the most popular man in Indy for the second year in a row. What is he going to do? Is he going to trade Fields? Is he going to trade the number one pick? He is exploring all options. He hasn't really offered any clues as to what he might do. Uh, but all eyes on the Bears uh, once again as the Combine opens this year. He may not have offered any clues, but he has been offered a lot of advice. There's no question there are a lot of people who have weighed in on what they would like to see him do. One of them is his own star receiver. That's D.J. Moore, who once again comes to the defense of his own quarterback, Justin Fields. He was on NFL Total Access. Here's what he said. I still don't think uh, they compare to Justin right now. We could add another receiver. They got some real talented ones. Uh, I know Marvin, so that'd be a choice of mine. But any of those guys that uh, are the big names I've seen and really like. So, so in case it wasn't quite clear, that's DJ Moore advocating for the Bears to take a wide receiver yes. at the top of the draft. Very unusual for a player to advocate uh, someone at his own position. I mean, in the yeah. 30 years I'm covering the sport, I've never heard yeah. that before. Harry Douglas, as a receiver, how do you feel about that? No, actually, I, I love it because what DJ Moore understands is that he's going to get a lot of rolled over coverage and a lot of attention towards him. So if you have a bona fide stud on the opposite side, it's going to free up more for him to be able to get loose and have one-on-ones and not being targeted from a defensive uh, perspective for the opposing team defenses all the time. I played with Roddy White when we drafted a Julio Jones, and that pairing was amazing. And it made things that much more easier for, I I'll say, both of those guys because now a defensive coordinator he has to understand who am I going to double when am I going to double him and if I double one guy that means the other guy on the opposite side is going to have one-on-one -on -one and he's going to be able to be open for a wide open place well look there there are stud receivers in the draft everyone knows Marvin Hamilton Jr. there's also Roma Dunze there's also Malik Neighbors the Bears are not going to get one of those guys 
unless they decide not to draft the quarterback, right? Nope. They have the ninth pick, too. Yeah. Like, they could get one there. Well, not Marvin Harrison. I, no, I think that's but maybe one of those point. other two guys. Maybe one of yeah. the other two guys. Um, most of the mock drafts I see have those receivers going, sure. boom, 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 up at the top. One way or another, all of this sort of, to, to spin it back to the beginning of it, Tim, DJ Moore continues to advocate for them keeping Justin Fields. And Graziano brought up an interesting point on the show the other day. I wanted to ask you, like, We've talked about Pittsburgh and Atlanta in particular as places that if Justin Fields goes, oh, now they're a Super Bowl contender. They're a quarterback away. You add Justin Fields, and they're a Super Bowl contender. Is that an appropriate way for us to be viewing Justin Fields at this point in his career? I think it's a little aggressive to say that that they're just, you know, one player away. He needs to play better. He needs to continue to grow. But I think part of the thought process on saying, look, he's an improvement is, you know, who the current quarterback is in those situations. And then also what everyone still believes the upside to be for Justin Fields. Look, if he were in this class, we would be talking about four guys in the top, not Mm. three. Like, he's that talented. Like, when he came out... I think there are some, many people, myself included, that think that he had Cam Newton-like traits. Remember, Cam Newton at one point, you know, was an MVP of the league. Like, I think Justin Fields, physically, athletically, and even some of the stuff like we've already seen from him at this level as a runner, and then some of the potential that we've already seen as a thrower, Look, I don't think I would come off of that assessment at this point. So I I do believe that one of these other teams, if the Bears move on, is getting a high, high end prospect that could lead them to the Super Bowl at some point. That's right. If he was in this draft, of course, Dan, everything would be different because to remind anyone who's not following it, the difference between Drake May and Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels and Justin Fields is that Fields is in a position where you're going to have to make a decision long-term on him reasonably soon. Right. So he's heading into his fourth year. So very affordable this year. But then you have the fifth-year option for 2025. And then after that, what do you do? Do you sign him long-term? Do you you plan on franchising him? He's about to get really expensive. And... This is not fair, but after year three is the time to make a decision on these guys because of those financial ramifications, especially if you're in the Chicago Bears position where you're able to draft the replacement at number one overall. If the Bears didn't have the first pick, I don't think we'd be having these conversations. I don't know what we'd be talking about, but I don't think we'd be having these conversations because they would probably be sticking with Justin Fields. They've seen enough to at least continue. But when you have the ability to reset the financial clock at the quarterback position with a prospect that people seem to think is somewhat otherworldly, uh, then I think you have to you have to take it. Go ahead, Harry. Yeah, I think Justin Fields definitely has the potential to be a top starter in the National Football League. But like a lot of young quarterbacks, right, it's about being consistent across the board. And for Justin Fields, it's taking care of the football, making sure you hit your layups, the ball's out on time. But also I think another step um, into everything for Justin Fields is being able to lead the Bears if he remains there or his new football team into the playoffs. I think we crawl before we walk, before we jump to the mega things with Justin Fields. But I think the most important trait is the consistency across the board. Because you will see remarkable plays from Justin Fields, but you also see the ones that you're not too excited about as well. That's fair. Uh, In the meantime, I mentioned that the combine is getting underway. And so we dug back into the Wayback Machine. 
Uh, and here's our own Harry Douglas going through some of the combine drills in 2008. Look at that. Look at the measurables. Oh, yeah. Harry, look at you digging. Look at what, that what, thoroughbred. Look, look at that thoroughbred, Greeny. <laughs> oh, look at the high jump. What do you think? What was your best drill? Hey, man, I, I was very, very skinny back then. I was a little, little guy. I have my grown man weight, my daddy weight now. <laughs> That's, I like seeing it here. What was your best drill? Uh, the three cone. I had the best three cone um, at the combine. Uh, that three cone? Yep. Short my, aerial my, my, quickness, can get in and out of bricks very, very fast. That's what kind of player he was. That's exactly right. He was a three cone kind of player. Coming up, an epic rant, a controversial finish. Is there anything that can be done about it? Wendy joins us right after this. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We are back on Get Up, bottom of the hour. Here we go, wake-up call, wild finish at the Garden. Mike Breen. Montecchio looking to help. Brunson, three-pointer. Off the mark, rebound deflected. Chase down, saved by Grimes to Fontecchio. Knocked away, Hartenstein picks it up. Out to DiVincenzo. Ten seconds ago, he throws it away. Ball loose, picked up by Brunson. Brunson inside the heart. Hearts banks it in. Out of foul. Knicks take the lead. Monty Williams is furious. He thought a foul should have been called. There was so much contact. But Josh Hart with the big bucket. The Knicks win. Monty Williams was right. That was a tackle on the sideline that went uncalled. And after the game, he led off our morning edition of Sound Off. Where's the New York media now? The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've, we've done it the right way. <clears throat> we've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game, <clears throat> and the guy dove into Asar's legs, and there was a no call. That, that's an abomination. You cannot miss that in an NBA game, period. And I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of our guys asking me, what more can we do, coach? That situation is exhibit A to what we've been dealing with all season long. 
and enough's enough. You cannot dive into a guy's legs in a big-time game like that and there be a no-call. It's ridiculous, and we're tired of it. We just want a fair game called, period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game, and that was not fair. I'm done. Brian Windhorst with reaction on this the morning after. I mean, it's a wild scene. He's obviously right. The NBA acknowledged it. The crew chief, who was actually the, the, the official who was closest to the play, acknowledged that they missed the call. So what are the right things to say now the morning after it happens? Well, this is the second time in the last two or so weeks that there's been a call at the end of the game that has been dead wrong, that the league and the officials have admitted are dead wrong, that's involved the Knicks. Remember a couple of weeks ago in Houston, Jalen Brunson gets called for a foul at the end of the game. It was a very controversial call. Again, a scramble play out near midcourt. This game, it cost the Knicks the game. In, in, the, in the game last night, Jalen Brunson on the other side, he gets the loose ball on a no call. Now, you may ask yourself, how come this play is not reviewable with all the things they review in the NBA? And the answer, Greeny, is that they didn't blow the whistle. If there's no call, there's nothing to reverse. So in this case, there's nothing that they can even look at. In the case of the Brunson call, that was reviewable in Houston, but Tom Thibodeau had already used his challenge. And I think it's just worth pointing out, we all understand where the Knicks are right now. If they get Julius Randle back healthy, they're, they're competing for a high seed and maybe a deep playoff run. But you say to yourself, why are the Pistons so upset? They're having such a difficult season that the opportunity to win any game is incredibly important to them. Yes, this is not a tanking team. This is a team that is trying to avoid infamy. They still have only eight wins. The, the worst of all time is the 72, 73, 76ers who had nine wins. They've now lost six in a row. And I know they're in February and they have plenty of time. But remember, this team lost 28 games in a row earlier this season. And so any game that the Pistons lose right now is them getting closer to history, which they are desperately trying to avoid. And we know this because they have made a number of trades to improve this roster and not bought any of those players out. They are trying to win. This was bitter for them because they were several of their players were traded off the Knicks, uh, including Quentin Grimes, who thought he might have had the winning basket a few moments before this. And they end up with a very, very bitter loss. And there's nothing you can say except for the NBA and the referees screwed up. Yeah, I mean, mistakes happened, and that was clearly one that went a long way towards deciding the game. Wendy, thank you. Let's continue with sound off. Our next up is Michael Wilbon on PTI yesterday. The subject is court storming. He doesn't want to hear it. This has to stop. There's no other opinion. Any other opinion is stupid and lazy and ignores the safety of the athletes and the fans. I've heard people say, oh, they should just delay it 30 seconds and let the fans. Fans have been hit by goalposts. Fans have trampled each other. This is stupid. It's got to stop. That's what he thinks. Here's my uncle Seth, Seth Greenberg. No relation. What's your reaction to what Wilbon said? I agree and I disagree. I think that obviously storming the court is not a rite of passage. It's not, you know, you beat Duke, you beat Carolina, you beat Kansas, you beat Gonzaga. All of a sudden you storm the court. You know, to me, you got to have agility. In life, you got to have agility. Businesses have agility. Coaches have agility. And what I mean by agility is you've got to understand situations, things change. So the way we storm a court today, right, I do not think it is safe for the players or anyone else involved, the officials included. But 
Let's see if we can find an agility. Let's find a solution to the problem. That's what life is about, Grady. It's about solutions, not problems. The best find a solution to the problem, I think that I've laid out in the past three very genuine solutions that potentially could work. Again, it's not a rite of passage to storm the court, but it is part of the pageantry and the enthusiasm, the energy of college basketball. Let's find a way to include it, but in, in a safer environment. Tell, I mean, I'm making you the, the czar of all of this, the decision maker of all of this, and frankly, we'd all be better off if you were. What is the solution? What would you enact? I think the game ends and you have a 30 or a minute, great, basically grace period. And that grace period happens, all right, you put 30 seconds or a minute on the clock, all right, the fans are gonna, still going to have security. You play the, the, the alma mater, you get the visiting team and the officials off the floor, then you come and you celebrate with your team. Option number two is you, instead of having 3,000 people come to the center of the floor, they do it at Texas Tech, they do it at Kansas State. The players and the coaches actually go into the student section. Similar situation. Play the music, jump up and down, get that viral moment, get those pictures, and share it with the fans and the students as opposed to having them come on the floor and create a potential, you know, li- liability situation. Look, in the end, something's going to happen. Like, I watched that, that play over and over again with Filipowski. If someone pushes him and he re- responds, he's the villain, yet he was the one that was hit. I'm telling you what, he's not the villain on this show. I, 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 I will defend him until the cows come home. That first guy who makes contact with him is clearly turning his head to say something. At that moment, Kyle Filipowski is in a place where he belongs, and that kid is not. Anything that happens in that moment, I defend Filipowski to the end. Obviously, there could be an, uh, something that would be going too far, but he wasn't anywhere near that. So to me, anyone who's blaming him for that situation is just trying to find a way to do it. Uncle Seth, awesome. Thank you. Last up here for our uh, sound off. You're going to enjoy this. This is a Buffalo Bills lineman, Deion Dawkins, talking while shirtless about how much he hates the New York Jets. I'm going to just keep it a buck. I hate them. All of them, bro. They are awesome. Like, when it comes to sports, right, there's people that play the sport because they love the sport, and then there's people that play the sport just to try to be cool. I feel like they play the sport to try to be cool. Like, those are a bunch of dudes that just want to to take pictures on Instagram. Like, that's whack. Like, I play this because I'll die by it. Just to be clear, that's a man speaking on a podcast while not wearing a shirt. Um, But he's not interested in getting attention or anything like that. He just doesn't like shirts. (laughs) Like, no, he showed up for their playoff game, just rolled in without a shirt on. It was like eight degrees. So, no, that's his thing. One of his things. The shirtlessness. I would like to know whether he hates the Jets or shirts more. (laughs) That would be my follow-up question. I'm going to recuse myself from this because people will associate me with just defending the Jets because they think I'll just defend the Jets. What do you think of these comments, Harry Douglas? Well, first, I would really like if Deion Dawkins put on a shirt. I don't know why he's doing the interview with his shirt off, (laughs) uh, to be honest. But I would also say when you look at three of the last four games that these two teams played against each other, three of those games were close, right? Um, And we've seen the Jets win two of those matchups. We've seen the Bills win two of those matchups. But when the Jets have won it, we've also seen some domination amongst the Jets' defensive line against the offensive line of the Buffalo Bills. So that may add a little bit more hatred uh, to Deion Dawkins' side against the New York Jets, but it is what it is. <laughs> I, I, look, I, Tim Hasselbeck, what, what is your take on it all? 
My take is I did a quick little look. He's following over 2,300 people on his own Instagram account. I, 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 think we, I think we have it wrong in terms of who's got the attention and focus, uh, you know, on what's going on, on on Instagram. Look, all these teams are, are guys are active and all that stuff. I, it seems like guys are more and more active on podcasts now, which evidently mm. also include cameras. Can I say this? I love it. Yeah, it's great. There was a, the Jets and Bills should not like each other. It shouldn't spill into anyone purposely injuring each other. No, of course. But it most certainly should spill into a little healthy dislike. That's a good thing in sports. Yeah, I mean, and there was a lot in there. If you extend it out, I think he said he hates every Jet except uh, Quinn and Williams. He did. Right, which just goes to show you everybody loves Quinn and Williams. But but no, like they have to play twice a year. This is cool. It will be brought up again when they play. The question, Greeny, and I know you, you agree with this, like, can the Jets live up to that kind of rivalry? Like, can they be that kind of villain? Uh, obviously, we need better health and mm. roster improvement if that's going to happen. By the way, speaking of people without shirts, can I just show you a little something here? Uh, you guys want to see Jacob Toppin? Oh. The final dunk that he made in the dunk contest, he wanted to show you. What do you think? Harry, could you do this? Hell no, Greeny cannot do that. I didn't had groin surgery, ACL surgeries. I didn't had Liz Frank in my in my in my foot. I'm supposed to have hip surgery. I can't do this. I gotta stretch before I do anything around this house, Greeny. Look at that. Yeah, but I bet you Toppin can't do a three cone drill. <laughs> That's right. You would dominate him in the three cone. There's no question about it, Harry. All right, we got basketball coming your way tomorrow night. Uh, we got Tyrese Halliburton and the Pacers. We got Zion and the Pels. Then you'll see the battle for L.A. LeBron and Kawhi, Lakers and Clippers. Coverage starts with NBA Countdown at 7 Eastern. Coming up, Jerry Jones has a $60 million headache. Do we have the medicine that will make it go away? We'll tell you what we think it is in just a moment. But first, here we go with a little sneaky hembo time. This is a good one. Which player, Graziano, mm-hmm. had the most receiving touchdowns in the season whilst wearing the uniform number 88? The answer is next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. On April 2nd, 1984, John Thompson's Georgetown Hoyers 
led by Patrick Ewing, beat Houston in the NCAA championship game, making Thompson the first black coach to win an NCAA basketball title. Thompson became a coaching icon during his 27 years at Georgetown. When he passed away in 2020, several coaches honored him by wearing his signature white towel. All right, we continue here on Get Up. It's a good question. I like this one. I agree. Uh, we've got Sneaky Hamble for Graziano. Which player in NFL history caught the most touchdown passes in a season in which he was wearing the number 88? I'm trying to work through it, and I know we got Cowboys coming up in the rundown, and he likes to tie it to the rundown, so mm. I figure it must be a Cowboy. Problem is, that doesn't narrow it down that much, right? Because the Cowboys have a history of this number and great wide receivers. Right? Guys like Michael Irvin and Drew Pearson and CeeDee Lamb is currently doing it. But Des Bryant had, I think, 17 one year. And I'm going to guess that that is the answer to the question. Des Bryant. Des Bryant is correct. Atta boy. The number is 16. Oh, but 16. you were that close. All but right, it is indeed Des Bryant. he had one in the playoffs. In 24. He may have had right. one in the playoffs. I don't know if that counts or not. You know, Hembo is just a defeated man. He is. And frankly, I love to see He's it. He's leaving. You love to see Hembo oh, just departing the ball. in disgrace. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're up a touchdown now. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're up a touchdown plus the extra point. That is a nice, well-earned win for Graziano. Well done. Okay, we're headed to the combine. Let's play a game called One Big Question. So the Bears are right in the center of a lot of things. So, Harry, if you were to have one big question for Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles, what would it be? Yeah, for me, that would be what is the main factor in you deciding whether to keep Justin Fields on your roster in 2024 or the main factor in you deciding to draft a quarterback. That's what I want to know from Ryan Poles and also Matt Eberflus. Yeah, meaning is it is it the money or is it beyond the money? Do you genuinely believe Caleb Williams is just a better player? I like the question. Tim, let's go to you in Philadelphia. If you had one question for Nick Sirianni, what would it be? How are you going to handle your coordinators differently than you did a year ago? Look, Nick Sirianni's found himself in a tough situation where look, a couple of years ago he loses both coordinators uh, to head coaching positions, has to replace them, and then makes a change at defense coordinator, seemingly gets worse, got to make another change at offensive coordinator. You're going to want power those guys. You're going to be looking over their shoulder. Like, what are you going to do to have it go better this time around? Okay, and then finally let's stay in that division, Graziano. Uh, to the Cowboys, what would be your one big question for the Joneses as we get this un- uh, offseason underway? I would want to say, would you go all in on this year's roster if it meant you win this year's Super Bowl, but then you'd have to be a bad team for the next five years? But, Greeny, I'm cheating because I actually have asked Stephen Jones <laughs> this question, uh, and he gave me a good answer. His answer was yes, uh, but it wouldn't take five years. Well, good again. well I mean, yes, uh, history has proven that. The Rams right. weren't bad for five right. years, and we all understand how they got aggressive and other teams have. The, the problem with the straw man is there is no such guarantee. Right, right? You and can't that, guarantee that's part that of the it. answer. Right? Like, that's it. It, it, it. If you ask Jerry and Stephen Jones, if you, if you made this move, it guarantees you a Super Bowl title this year. They would make it without without hearing any more. They right. wouldn't. But they, they, there is no such move. You can't do that by by making one offseason. And, and in fairness, into it. so would every owner in the NFL. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's the easy. The, the problem is you don't know, and so you're continuing to look down the road. But the reality is. Going all in is going to take on sort of a different shape and form this year in Dallas. And it's going to begin with Dak Prescott. they got to do something about this, right, Tim? I mean, Dak Prescott, here, here's, 
here's, uh, here's the Cowboys, and here's a barrel. And, and that's where Dak has them, right? He has them directly over a barrel with his contract and everything else. How does this thing get sorted out in your mind? Yeah, I think they extend him. They make, you know, what he's making and how that counts against the cap more digestible. Um, they push it out. They're going to end up paying for it later, you know, again down the road, like which but typically extend him this happens. Year. Do the deal this, this season. Long-term deal, all that. Give them the money. Highest-paid yeah, quarterback, yeah, all that yes, stuff this yes, year. Yes, yeah, yes, so, yes. So you can push the money out further. It sounds crazy. So you can push the money out further and do the other things that you need to do on offensive line. Getting bigger in your front, you know, uh, addressing the running back position. Yeah, you do the deal now to push the money out. And so people say, but do we believe that he's the guy? You have to. Like, this is the bed that you made by, 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 by playing chicken with him years ago on his contract. So, like, I don't believe you have a choice because I don't really know what the, the other option ends up being at the position. Like, you're going to get worse at the position than better if you're trying to move on from Dak Prescott right now. Is this the bed they've made? Well, yes, but, I mean, he helped them make it, right? Like, like the idea that they can press a button and extend Dak Prescott's contract, I don't think history bears that out. Right. It was difficult the last time. It took two full off seasons to do it. They actually franchised him twice uh, while they were trying to get it done. And part of that was, I mean, there's two sides to every negotiation. They were willing to extend him, but he didn't like the deals that were in front of him, so they went back and forth for a couple years before they finally got it done. And you see that it was done dramatically in his favor in some ways because he has the no-trade clause, he has the no-franchise clause, he's got a $59.5 million cap hit this year that they have to knock down somehow. They can knock it down by $18 million without extending him, okay. without doing anything at all. Just restructuring, convert salary to signing bonus, and if Does that he happens, have to do that, does he have to agree no. to that? Okay, no. so they can do that without. If they his. wanted to add years, even void years, then he would. But no, they can they can just put it into the remaining three void years that already exist. And, and quickly, Harry, I mean, we we we've been through like Micah Parsons' brother and and C.D. Lamb's mother. Like, does does that stuff matter? Like, it feels like it kind of went in one ear, now it's kind of out the other. Does that stuff make any difference anymore? Um. Not when it comes to you talking about your money and wanting your contract if you're Dak Prescott and also if you're Jerry Jones trying to decide uh, what you need to do in those regards. I think when you look at the state that they're playing in, in Texas, there's no state income tax. So you get to pocket a lot more money, more so than other mm -hmm. players do across the board. Um, unless they're in Florida and Tennessee, and I think Nevada is the other state. But I think Dak Prescott should be extended. I'm, I'm with Tim. I don't see how you're going to get better as a football team you know, going to another guy at the quarterback position. If you feel like your Super Bowl window in which I know we talk about this a lot and it, and it makes me cringe because this team hasn't even been to an NFC championship game mm -hmm. since the damn ice age, I should say. Um, <laughs> but we continuously yeah. talk about them as being Super Bowl contenders. But for Dak Prescott, I don't know what you're going to get better than him at the well, quarterback position this. right now. If you believe in the Cowboys, I've asked our friends at ESPN Bet if I can boost the odds on them to win the NFC Championship this year. And thus we have. If you download the ESPN Bet app and you find my seeing green boost, we are now giving you 9-1 to one on the Cowboys to win the NFC this coming year and advance to the Super Bowl. That's exclusively on ESPN Bet. Download the app. The boost is called Seeing Green. We've boosted the Cowboys 9-1 to one to make the Super Bowl. First take is coming up next after another missed call last night in New York. Does the NBA have an officiating problem? Molly, Stephen A., Shannon, Trinae, and more. The debate on first take next.
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Get Up is brought to you by Disney and Kugali's Iwaju. All episodes available February 28th, only on Disney+. And our next Super Tuesday doubleheader, Mississippi State takes on Kentucky. It's tonight, 7 Eastern. Then we got Texas and Texas Tech. Both games are on ESPN and the ESPN app. Hey, before we get done, can I just show you something that's going on in Germany? Uh, hey, Harry Douglas, this is ice football. These are people playing football on ice. What, what do you what do you make of this? I, I love everything about this. Hasselback, how many touchdown passes would you throw me in ice in ice football, bud? <laughs> Listen, I, my concern, Harry, is I think it eliminates guys that are really good at the three cone drill. Hard to change direction here. <laughs> I had to go back to the three cone. How oh, you concern. To, to do a thing like this, to, to think up a thing like this, that is, that is. I, I thought this was Tim Hasselbeck's combine video. Wow. That's what I thought it was <laughs> while we were watching. Good fun, guys. Thanks for getting up with us. We'll see you tomorrow. First take. Take it away.